You're listening to Here's the Catch with David Lombardi, Matt Barrows, and Dennis Brown on the Athletic Podcast Network. All you can say is wow, and in sad form for Trey Lance. After the 49ers just go and throttle the Seahawks 27-7, the 49ers show that they're a powerful roster that will be a contender this year, but the big news is Trey Lance is done for the season. Trey Lance fractured his ankle, was carted off the field with the air cast, and Jimmy Garoppolo has retaken over as the 49ers starting quarterbacks just so much to break down after this one in the rain at Levi Stadium everybody that played for the 49ers played well I think even Lance at the start of the game played well but then he was hurt early on and uh, that just really cast a pall over what happened later Uh, but there are so many ways to slice this one up Matt and the first is that the 49ers uh, second year quarterback who I mean, obviously was in the midst or really at at the start of an arduous development process after the 49ers had invested so much in him. That development process just took a massive hit because uh, he's going to be spending the next few months rehabbing and not developing as the 49ers have essentially gone full circle back to Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, and that's the key, development. I mean, that's what uh, Trey Lance needed most of all. (laughs) It was his big weakness. Just doesn't have very many starts under his belt. Um, And so the idea was that by starting him this season, playing him a lot, uh, him being the starter, he eventually uh, reaches a point where he's better than than Jimmy Garoppolo. Now that's that's at a standstill. All that is now on hold. And, uh, you know, that puts the whole future uh, of the 49ers quarterback uh, question um, in question. Um, You know, the, the whole calculus, Dennis, was that this guy could get some experience while uh, running the ball, that the 49ers could be effective on offense with an inexperienced quarterback because he could run the ball while he was gaining that experience. Well, that calculus, I think, uh, just kind of blew up in their face. And and we were touching on this coming out of the the Bears game, 13 carries in the Bears game. He had three uh, with a little less than a quarter gone. on Sunday, and uh, on that third one, disaster struck. Yeah, and you know we we we, we know what we, we know what Trey Lance brings to the to the table. He's athletic. Uh, you know he can he can he he brings a different dynamic to the offense because you know of his ability to run the football. But you know when, when you see a quarterback like him, you know running in between the tackles. I mean you, you don't you don't want your quarterback to get hit. You want him to avoid hits. But, you know, if you're going to run between the tackles, guess what? You're going to get hit. Linebacker, safeties, defensive linemen. And it's it, it's unfortunate because it it, had, it actually looked like Trey Lante got into some, a little bit of a rhythm uh, in the offense. And, you know, he was he was looking a little more comfortable. And then all of a sudden, you know, I, I, I don't know if it was his third scripted run or his fourth scripted run, but he goes yeah, in there in, the in between the tackles and boom. And that's going to happen. And you know, if 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 you take away his ability to run, I think you take away some of uh, some of his talent and, and his skill set that he brings. But you know, I, I it's just tough when I watch a, a young kid like this. And, and we've talked about it. Development is the one thing he needed. And you get development by by getting the reps. And now you start from square one. 
And you even take even a further step back because now you got to rehab and then you come back uh, and try to get that development and get that those reps. So, you know, it's it's you know, it's a busted ankle. Who knows what the ligaments look like? But, you know, he's got to rehab it first before he can actually get back on the field and start getting what he needs the most is that's reps and time in real NFL games. And I just go back to what we were talking about in the preseason. How come he doesn't play in the preseason? Well, I think we see why he doesn't play in the preseason because if you're going to run your quarterback in between tackles, he's going to get hurt. And I think Kyle Shanahan understood what that risk was. It's football, and if he's going to run his quarterback in between the tackles, he's going to take a shot, he's going to go down. Unfortunately, it's the second game of the season, divisional game, and now you lose you know, your franchise quarterback for another entire year. Well, it was really an occupational hazard with the, the plan that the 49ers had to develop Trey Lance. He's not a developed pocket passer yet, right? So in the meantime, to bridge the gap between now and when Trey Lance is the developed pocket passer, he was going to have to run. 49ers' first 15 plays of the game because Lance got hurt on play number 15. 12 of those were runs, three of them by Trey Lance, but they only passed three times over those first 15 plays. And then once Jimmy Garoppolo came in, they passed over 50% of the time. So it's really obvious who is the developed passer and who's not. Jimmy Garoppolo obviously much more refined in that aspect but as Matt said, the 49ers plan for Trey Lance was to run him a lot and hope that you know he he learned on the fly and then by the end of the season you hope that he's he's more polished as a passer to get that ratio more in line but the only way that you get that ratio more in line is if he actually plays right so the occupational hazard here the inherent risk is that Trey Lance gets hurt because running backs get hurt more often than quarterbacks and and you're using him more often in that standard run game and that is exactly what befell the 49ers today it was you know the risk that I think they had to have known was coming that's why they made such a big deal out of re-signing Jimmy Garoppolo we talked about it on the podcast entering the game uh, they just hoped that, that they'd be able to skate by without you know encountering the, the the potential downside and today they encountered the potential downside so uh, it, you know I said we could chop this up many which ways, but I think it's really, really important to zoom out and look at the team performance as as quickly as possible here, because this team is obviously still very much in contention to win a title in 2022. The defense shut out Seattle today. The points came thanks to special teams and a blocked field goal. Defense was awesome, Matt. Uh, The 49ers ran 45 times or 189 yards, and Garoppolo was really good. I mean, it was a rain game, and he came in, and he was sharp, and he attacked downfield, and he didn't turn the ball over. 49 have all the ingredients to still go to to where they wanted to go this year. In fact, as of today, they might be stronger, right, with Jimmy Garoppolo instead of Trey Lance. They just have to abandon this long-term game of trying to develop Trey Lance into something more than Garoppolo by the end of 2022. That's going to have to wait until 2023 at the soonest. Yeah, I think this team is better today under Jimmy Garoppolo than it was under Trey Lance because Jimmy Garoppolo is the more refined passer. You know, this was a team, we talked about this a lot, that was going to be propped up by three things. It was going to be propped up by their defense, by their special teams, and by their running game. And uh, that not, n- none of those three things changes uh, under Jimmy Garoppolo. You just get an addition. You, you also have a really precise passer, experienced precise passer in Jimmy Garoppolo. So I, I think that the 49ers are actually better today at the end of the day, than they were to begin the, the day with uh, with the quarterback change. The the big question mark is that uh, what happens in the future? I mean, the, the whole idea was that at some point, 
Maybe it was going to be mid-season. Maybe it was going to be at the end of the season. It was certainly going to be by the start of the 2023 season. All this experience that Trey Lance was going to get was going to allow him to surpass Garoppolo. Uh, Lance just has more in his arsenal. So that, his physical ability plus the experience was going to make him a more dangerous quarterback and this a more dangerous offense. Now, like I said, that whole... That whole calculus is is changed because you know he's not going to have more experience to begin the 2023 season, but uh, the 49ers are going to be, or at least they should be, a lot more hesitant to run him than they were, and uh, they absolutely should have known that this was coming. I mean, we, we were asking Shanahan and, and Lance all week about him avoiding hits and the sustainability of him taking all these hits. He was hurt last year and he barely played, uh, so. Now, I think the 49ers have to reach the conclusion that, listen, we don't have Josh Allen. I mean, that, that was the big comparison. And, and Shanahan was making all sorts of Josh Allen allusions today after the game. He's not Josh Allen. Um, and, and you can't treat him like, uh, like a Josh Allen who, you know, routinely runs the ball between 10 and 15 times a game. And I think that's going to be very difficult because uh, that means that Lance has to make a big jump as far as the refinement of his passing. And uh, th- that hasn't happened to this point. And it's interesting. People say now that the San Francisco 49ers are in better shape uh, as a football team with Jimmy Garoppolo than they would be with a Trey Lance. And it makes me it makes me wonder, I mean, this is a guy that's on your sidelines. Why wouldn't he be in the football game if you're a better football team. But I do understand that Kyle Shanahan's looking for the long term. You know, I, I think if you if you if you if you're a fan, you want to win now. And and you know, if your best chance is on the sidelines, you gotta get them in the football game. And I do, I do feel I mean, because we know what Jimmy brings to the game, right? I mean, we understand, you know, his strengths and his weakness. Uh, uh, Trey Lance's different dynamic. You know, it was 11-11 football. He's going to run the football. Uh, he's going to make some plays with his legs. You're going to see that much with Jimmy. I just wish with uh, with Lance, Trey Lance, that Cal would use him to get, you know, kind of outside the pocket, use his his athleticism to see the see to make plays down the field like a Russell Wilson. I mean, run out of bounds. But in between the tackles, I mean, I mean, this was going to happen. I mean, I, I knew it was going to happen. I think it was going to be this early, but this was going to happen. You know, even last week after Chicago game, he said in a press conference, my neck was hurting because you're taking shots like a running back and you're a quarterback. So, you know, I, I, I do think the team is better. I think the team, you know, you believe in Jimmy Garoppolo and you he's taken you to the promised land. He's taken you to NFC Championship games. But you know what you're going to get. I mean, you can get some stuff in between the numbers. Your deep threat's going to disappear now. Your run game has to be clicking. And your defense has to play. And the defense played really well today. But you know what you get with Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, he's a good quarterback. He's going to win some football games for you. But, you know, you are kind of got what, Jimmy, what Jimmy's going to give you. And that's going to be kind of short passes. You, you're, the Yak brothers have to show up. Uh, and, you know, and, and George Kittle has to get back into, you know, get into practice and get into football games because he's a security blanket. Really interestingly, especially early on in Garoppolo's performance today, they kind of just let it rip. And I mean, his average depth of target for the first like eight or nine throws was was over 11 yards. He had a couple of those long ones down the down the far sideline, at least from the vantage point of of the press box. And I, I talked to Jimmy in the locker room after the game, 
And, uh, you know, I kind of mentioned it seemed that the, the, the plan was a little bit different. Did you just adopt the Trey Lance throwing plan? Like, did they just take that game plan and keep it with you? And, and Jimmy, I mean, he didn't confirm or deny if they kept the, the same game plan, but he did tell me it felt like 2017 out there. And remember, th- this is interesting because Jimmy was definitely a more unbridled quarterback in 2017 when he started those five games at the end of the season. He's taken more chances, obviously put up greater efficiency numbers than at any other point of his 49ers tenure. And it wasn't until really post-ACL that we started developing the narrative on Jimmy Garoppolo that, you know, he's only going to throw short, that the average depth of target is not going to be, you know, where it is for some of these other quarterbacks. So to me, Matt, it, it was really interesting that, the, at least the start of this performance before the 49ers gained a stranglehold on the game. And then obviously in the rain, uh, you know, they tapered it down. But the start of this performance was was Garoppolo more gung-ho after it. And I will tell you that talking to him, and then he repeated it in the press conference when I asked him about it, um, he, he was really excited about this. And it, it to me, it seems that given all that we've seen Garoppolo, Lance, and the 49ers go through, the fact that this has come full circle, as Jimmy Garoppolo and Kyle Juszczyk talked about on the sideline during this game, the 49ers might be getting a, a mentally different version of Garoppolo than before because, I mean, he's been through the ringer. He's been the backup quarterback, and now he's back to being the starter. There may be a no-holds-barred approach from Jimmy moving forward, and I guess we'll just leave it to the next few games to decide if that's a good or a bad thing. Yeah, I mean, I think this is going to get underplay just because of the, the big injury, but um, Jimmy Garoppolo had a hell of a game, and it, it was tragic. Lance's game plan that he was he was using and and really they're the polar opposite of one another so it's a game plan that it's not suited for him I think there was even a, a read option play in which Garoppolo kept the ball and then we all saw him going headfirst into the end zone at, at the end there which probably had a lot of people holding their breath and speaks volumes about Shanahan and how he how he's treating the quarterback but good for Jimmy Garoppolo to come through and to come through with somebody else's game plan I hope that that is going to be a, a vastly different game plan from here on out. Obviously, still lots of runs and whatnot, but uh, I think you're right. I mean, we seem to be saying this every year. I mean, coming off the Super Bowl year, they were looking at uh, Tom Brady, uh, and uh, it seemed as if uh, Jimmy Garoppolo was being disrespected then, and it's just gotten more and more since then. So I'm, I'm sure it's it's reached a crescendo with him. Again, he's really... Everything about this season for him is about, or at least it had been, about playing for uh, 2023 free agency, putting himself in the best spot to, to show teams that, uh, you know, it, it, when, when I'm healthy, I'm, I'm going to be a real asset for your club. Uh, so he's just got an absolute golden opportunity to, to do that. I'm sure that was part of his calculus. Obviously, his... Uh, his contract this year, Dennis, is incredibly incentive-based, including you know how many games he starts, uh, how many wins he he gets in the playoffs, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so it, it's looking like a very shrewd move for him to have remained with the 49ers. Yeah, and you know he he has an opportunity not only to make a couple of dollars. Well, to him, a couple of dollars is just money on top of money. Three hundred fifty thousand today. <laughs> yeah, just just that's just incentives. That's not his his game check. You know he made yeah, that yeah, in just true. incentives. So you know he it's a good day at the office with Jimmy Garoppolo, but he just throws it on stacks of money. But this is now it's, it becomes a contract year for him, right? I mean, you know, if he goes out there and he balls out, 
you know, other teams sees him. You know, he takes a, you know, he takes a, a pay cut this season. But, you know, he is, this is his contract, his contract season. And every week, Jimmy Garoppolo, Garoppolo plays in a football game. And win or lose, he's making over 200000 bucks. So, you know, incentives are incentives for a reason. And he's now he's got some incentive to go out there and play well. If he wins football games, he gets bonuses. If he plays, if he starts in a football game, he gets bonuses. And we're not even talking about the playoff time. So, you know, it, it, you know when, when you, people were talking, why would you take such a big pay cut? And, you know, you look at it now. And, you know, if, if you look back at it, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo was probably thinking, you know, my best chance to start again, you know, in the NFL, going to a football team, is probably right here in San Francisco because I know I know the system. You know, Kyle Shanahan's going to run this young kid until he's hurt, and I'm going to have a, the best chance of getting back into a starting role is going to be right here in San Francisco, you know, and it's going to be an easy, you know, an easy transfer because I know the system, I know the scheme, uh, and I've done it here before. So, you know, it, it looks crazy that he took such a big pay cut, but, like, who's laughing now? I just wonder, does Jimmy walk, did he walk into the press conference going, I'm back, here I am, guys. And, you know, start with the questions. I'm, I'm still here and I'm still running it. He definitely had a, a buoyant vibe to him. I, I think he played it right. I mean, it's an awkward situation. You can't be giddy bouncing all up and down then, you know, while your, your teammate just suffered a season-ending injury. So he acknowledged that. But it also it's the reality of the business. And we talk about full circle. Very same thing happened to Jimmy Garoppolo in 2018, right? Week three against Kansas City. He tore his ACL. So uh, it's just, there's so many, again, there's so many different ways to slice this up. And one of them is the 49ers quarterbacks just keep on getting hurt, right? Every <laughs> single season, it's a story. Uh, the seasons in which it hasn't been as big of a story or the season in which it hasn't been as big of a story, they made it further than any other season. That was 2019, uh, the Super Bowl. But even last year, Garoppolo was hindered by two injuries, played hurt into the playoffs. It might have cost the 49ers uh, a Super Bowl title last year because they are oh so close to beating the Rams, even though he was playing through a whole heck of a lot. So anyway, um, we're now in 2022, and it's now – you know, Jimmy Garoppolo's year because Trey Lance is not going to be back and we can, you know, shift focus back to what we initially focused on a couple years ago, and that's Jimmy Garoppolo's health. He has to stay upright. And uh, along those lines, Matt, I thought that today was a good performance from the 49ers offensive line. They only gave up a sack. One to, to Boye Mafe, uh, but I thought there were clean pockets there. And, you know, most of all, the 49ers played this game according to their formula. 45 rushes, 189 yards. They limited the amount of times their offensive line was exposed in pass protection. They built a lead and a two-possession lead at that to allow their defense to pin its ears back and have that pass rush get after the quarterback. And when the 49ers play complementary football the way that they did today, uh, they can be a dominant team. I mean, they ran 70 plays and Seattle only ran 47. 49ers had th over 38 minutes of possession. Seattle barely had 22 minutes of possession. Uh, th that's, that's an overpowering win in the NFL, and, and you get to that by playing complementary football, which is what the 49ers executed on Sunday. Yeah, I thought the, the Seahawks were intent on taking away a lot of the, the outside runs, and I think they probably did a good job of that. But the 49ers found room to run inside. I mean, um, uh, Jeff Wilson had a really nice game. I, uh, there, there was a lot of Jeff Wilson hate. I, I couldn't believe I was reading it on Twitter after I think he averaged 2.5 yards a carry after taking over for Elijah Mitchell uh, last week. Never mind that he was playing in a bathtub 
against a Bears defense that was intent on stopping the run. But he had 4.7 yards per carry uh, on Sunday against the Seahawks. And, and the 49ers, 45 rushes, Dennis, for 4.2 yards. So um, even though there weren't any huge breakaways, you know, I, I guess except for uh, the big the big Debo run, 51 yards, um, it was mostly kind of grinding it out, four-yard gains, five-yard gains, six-yard gains. Uh, they won the time of possession. And then the other aspects of, of the team really stepped forward. Uh, the defense pitched a shutout. Uh, the special teams... Uh, I was going to call it even, but they probably <laughs> lost. The, they, they, they did get a, a fumble recovery on a, on a punt, uh, but, uh, boy, that uh, that blocked fuel goal, uh, that looked for a second like that was the lifeline that those scrappy Seattle Seahawks would, would use to get back into the game. But to the credit, the 49ers said, no, that's it. Uh, the defense snuffed them out from that point forth, and they never got any closer. So uh, a really strong game all around, a bounce-back game. And, uh, I mean, I, I think for this season, and we'll put the, you know 2023 and Trey Lance on hold for now, but for this season, look, still looks like a very, very strong team. Yeah, and you know we, we know what the strength is that that defense. You know Nick Bosa comes out with 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 two sacks. Uh, you know you you see you know you see Drake. Uh, you know get after the quarterback. You see Kinlaw kind of two gap in there. You know linebackers flowing the secondary Hufunga all over the field again. So you know you you watch you watch this defense play and and you think you know defense can keep you in football game as long football games as long as you don't make mistakes and the run game Jeff Wilson I mean you know he ran his butt off I like I like the way he runs and how about you know Davis Price I mean you know this kid here ran his butt off too so you know Elijah's not there it's not the same run game it's not, I don't think it's going to be as exciting you know I don't think you're going to see these big gash plays that Elijah gives you but I think Jeff Wilson's a guy that's going to grind I mean he's gonna he's gonna fall forward he's gonna give you two three four yards when it looks like he has no yards so and I was watching Aaron Banks and you know we talked about that interior offensive line and and especially on that Jimmy Garoppolo uh uh touchdown to kind of seal the football game you know he came off the ball and I and you know what's the big cat's name uh uh Pua Ford he drove him off the line of scrimmage. So, and you know, Aaron Banks is getting better. I mean, we talked about Aaron Banks in the during the preseason. Of, you know, he's got to get better. Something's clicked, and he's you know he's he's back to being that mauler. And if he gets his hands on you, you know, he's going to get a pancake or he's going to get some separation. He's going to push you down the football field. So I was super impressed with that offensive line and that run game. I think in the fourth quarter, man, the fourth quarter went by so fast because you know I think I, I think the 49ers ran about. 20 times you know the game was game was done they get had they had about a 10 minute drive in the fourth quarter so as a defensive lineman sitting on the bench that's what you love to see your 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 offense just grinding just controlling the line of scrimmage so you know defense special teams i mean really the defense shut down seattle i mean that that seven points came from that from that uh from that blocked uh extra point of block field goal so Defense, if you got a shutout in the NFL, it's tough to shut out teams in the NFL. So the defense comes to play. Special teams, you know, you get that 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 uh that uh that would lock it kind of fumble that that was it a punt or a kickoff? Or was it a punt, punt. you know, and, and and you do do what you do. But the running game impressed me, but Aaron Banks, I don't know. 
Aaron Banks really impressed me today. Yeah, well, I, I mean, speaking of uh, the the special teams, it was interesting to me that they got a Seattle-like break. We remember Seattle last year in expected points, the, the way that we measure this from kind of an advanced stats perspective, they picked up 25 expected points on special teams against the 49ers in, in both of those games, which are both Seattle narrow wins. And uh, the 49ers were the ones muffing kickoffs and, you know, making all these mistakes. But here the Seahawks muffed the punt. So it appeared that the tables had turned. But then the Seahawks picked up 10 points on one play, right, when they blocked the field goal and returned it 86 yards for the touchdown because that would have been three points for the 49ers. Instead, it was seven the other way for the Seahawks. Either way, the 49ers snuffed them out beyond that because that was really the only material blemish on this game from a performance perspective from the 49ers. And that drive that Dennis talked about, the 49ers got the ball nine minutes left in the fourth quarter, and uh, that that drive wasn't done until 151 was left in the game. And then Seattle just had, yeah, uh, yeah, it was 13 plays, 39 yards gained, you know, just standard – 24 more yards gained on penalties, so 63 net yards. Uh, Garoppolo made a big throw to Debo Samuel on a third down there. They were just churning yardage on the ground. And then, you know, I thought that Kyle Shanahan was out of his mind when he called a design run in between the tackles for Jimmy Garoppolo there at the goal line. Um, I'm not so sure that Jimmy Garoppolo agreed with the call either, but he just he said, hey, I just run the plays that they call. And, and, and he dove forward, didn't make it, then made it in with a quarterback sneak. I mean, what a way to bring it full circle. Same game that your starter gets hurt on a design quarterback run. You're calling one for your uh, you know, high-priced backup uh, late in the game. Would have been a total disaster if Garoppolo had gotten hurt. But he, he didn't get hurt. He scored. That's how it finished. And, and the 49ers rounded out an impressive victory, man. Yeah, there was a real irony that uh, Adam Schefter was tweeting out um, that uh, that that Lance had an ankle injury and, and would likely be done for the season <laughs> at the exact same time uh, <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo was barreling into the end zone. Uh, and I guess that's not ir- irony. I mean, I think it's probably fitting because uh, of, of all the times that Shanahan has run his quarterbacks. Here, I've got a stat that is going to please Dennis Brown because— mm. Dennis was was calling for this at our, during our midweek uh, podcast in the run up to the Seahawks game, which was penalty yardage, and and we were making a big deal because it was a big deal about the 49ers having 99 penalty yards against Chicago. Well, on, on Sunday, uh, the Seahawks had 10 penalties for 106 yards. The 49ers had one penalty for for 26 yards, and boy, it was a really ticky tacky call on Emmanuel Mosley. So, uh, Dennis, they, they listened to you, and they, uh, they got better in the, in, the, in the penalty department. The penalties are, 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 are easily coachable, you know, the things that you do. I mean, it's the detail things. And, you know, to have one penalty and that one penalty was, you know, it was kind of ticky-tack. And, you know, overall, though, you think about this defense. This defense really got after it. They got after it last week against Chicago, just the second half. The mistakes jumped in, and, you know, Geno Smith, he, he, he's not a guy. He's not a Russell Wilson. I mean, he's not going to kill you with his arms. You know, and, and matter of fact, once you take away the run game, you want a quarterback like Geno Smith to try to try to beat you with his arm because he can't do it. He just cannot do it. He's going to give you interceptions. He's going to give you gifts. You know, he's a journeyman quarterback. He's a veteran, but he's not going to kill you with his arms. So, you know, eliminate those those little mistakes, you know, and, and, and don't have the holdings and the face masks and roughing the passer. You win the football game. But this week, what was different was that they played four quarters. You know, it, it, you know, a, even after, 
you know, that Seattle gets some points. Defense comes out, you shut it down, you get off the football field, get the ball back to your offense. So, you know, you play four quarters, you have a dominating defense, you shut a team down, you're always going to win the football game. Well, they certainly did today. And, I mean, that that that's that will come into increasingly clear focus as this the shock of the Lance injury wears off is that, you know, we were talking about the 49ers laying an egg, especially down the stretch in Chicago last week. And we were talking about the, you know, it wasn't a must win, but it was a game they really needed to have, uh, you know, just I think from a psychological perspective, just to, to right the ship, to show everybody that they are the football team that, that we thought that they were talent-wise, and they did exactly that and more. I mean, they, they rounded out. Again, the one penalty is indicative of a team that's playing sharp football. That's like midseason form. The 49ers were in midseason form today, firing on all cylinders despite the fact that they lost their QB1 right early on in the game and that just shows you that they're deep at every single position including the most important one quarterback so uh nick bosa said it best it ended up being a really smart move for the 49ers to to make sure that they re-signed jimmy garoppolo there and it's probably one let's be honest that fell into the 49ers lap i think jimmy talked about it today in the press conference he said that as training camp wore on he thought it was less and less likely that he would be back with the 49ers because there was more and more interest from the outside. But uh, then everything kind of switched there after that final preseason game. The, the requisite injuries elsewhere didn't happen, right? So it became uh, just the truth that, that Jimmy Garoppolo's best option would probably be to return to the 49ers and they were able to make a deal uh, to make it happen. And for that reason, the 49ers season is still alive and well right now, despite the fact that Trey Lance did suffer that injury. Guys, uh, you know, we, we talked a little bit about Emmanuel Mosley. I thought that he was really good today against DK Metcalf. Uh, DK did have that catch on one of the trick plays early, but it came back due to an illegal man downfield penalty. But there was a, a slant pass early in this game from Geno Smith on third down that Mosley, uh, I mean, he's gotten so much stronger over his time with the 49ers since coming in as a rookie way back in, what, 2018. Um, he was just all over that. And, and he like out-muscled DK Metcalf on that slant pattern. I thought that was a significant play that really set the tone of this game because, you know, the, the uh, coverage fuels the rush as well. It's not just rush fuel and coverage. And when they made a couple plays on the back end early on, that let that rush dig in. And then by the second half, Matt, the, ru- the rush really pinned its ears back, ran a couple games, Nick Bosa, a couple sacks. And uh, this was a vintage 49ers defensive performance. Yeah, I thought that was a nice uh, bounce back game for, for Mosley. I, I didn't think he played very well in Chicago, uh, especially in, in the run game. Um, at, at least two missed tackles that game. And I thought that Dre Greenlaw in Chicago was a little out of control at times, a little bit too keyed up, and that led to some missed tackles and obviously had a couple of big penalties. Well, in this game, you, you just noted uh, how well Mosley played in coverage against a very physical wide receiver. Dre, Dre Greenlaw had a great performance as well, uh, tied for the team lead with uh, – uh, eight tackles, six solo, which was the best among the 49ers. So he played well. And then the other big surprise, and, and Dennis brought this up earlier, um, was was Ty Davis-Price. I mean, going to the game, I wasn't sure whether it was going to be Ty Davis-Price or the other rookie, Jordan Mason, who was uh, at number two at tailback behind Jeff Wilson. Well, it, it was Price, and, and more than that, I mean, he played a lot of snaps. I'm, I'm going to be really interested tomorrow morning to look at those snap counts because uh, I think that uh, uh, suggested quite a bit of trust in him 
And uh, Kyle Shanahan teams don't always have a lot of trust in their in their rookie rushers. Uh, we certainly didn't see a lot of trust in Trey Sermon last year. Uh, and this was sort of the, the anti-Sermon game. Uh, they, they put the ball in uh, Ty Davis Price's hands quite a bit in the rain um, and at the goal line, too. Uh, so uh, at these very critical junctures, he was in, not only in the game but getting a lot of carries. And uh, his average wasn't great, but I, I think that's going to come with time. I, I think the trust is the big thing, and that was uh, that was evident uh, on Sunday. Yeah, and, you know, young kid, get an opportunity uh, to, to kind of show what he has. And, you know, I, what is he, a third-round draft pick yeah. or something like that? I mean, this is a great opportunity. He, he ran the ball, and, and he, he runs that Kyle Shanahan-type thing. I mean, it's it's not much dancing. You know, it's, it's a downhill running, and when he gets into the hole, he explodes. And, you know, he's, he, he's a guy that I think fits into this scheme. And, you know, he played, he, like you said, he got a lot of snaps. He got a lot of balls to him, and, and uh, he was able to spell, to spell um, Wilson Jr., you know, later in the football game, and he, and he showed up. And that's what you need. I mean, all you need is an NFL's opportunity. You got to take advantage of it. So, and I think about DK Metcalf. I mean, Russell, Russell Wilson is, you know, him and DK were so good together. We talk about DK's, you know, his size and his strength and his power, but this cat is heck of fast, right? And he would get behind defenses, and Russell Wilson would throw that ball up, and he would go up and get it. So I think I think with Geno, you know, the challenge that the Seahawks is going to have is that you know I don't think Geno has that arm to get the ball out there like a Russell Wilson would. So you got to do things like a flea flicker, kind of you know, kind of kind of fool the defense, so so a guy like Decaf can get down the field. But it was Mosley played that well, uh, and and all day. I mean, the, the secondary who, who was challenged, they were tested last week. Um, against Chicago, and this week they kind of stood up and played really well as a unit. Yeah, and the linebackers too. Dre Greenlaw got a contract extension. It was announced or it reported right after the game, so I don't know if he put pen to paper in the locker room or what, but uh, <laughs> he had a seven-tackle performance today. Boy, Talanoa Hufunga, uh, really, another really good performance. I'm, I'm trying to find the, the, the tackle stats here in my game book because he had 11 – Hufanga did uh, in the season opener, right, against the Chicago Bears. And then, I mean, he. we talk about the, 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 the takeaways here. First, Seattle tried to run – well, actually, I think the first interception was, was the, the, a more standard pass. It was intended for Lockett over the middle. Geno Smith threw – Hufanga batted it up in the air, and Tashawn Gibson picked it off. Gibson is in his 11th NFL season. That was his 28th interception in his NFL career. And the 49ers were giving Hufanga a hard time on the sideline. They said, hey, I mean, you should have grabbed that interception for yourself. And I thought it was an awesome answer for Hufanga. He said, you know what? I didn't grab it for myself, but, but I know how many interceptions Deshaun Gibson has. He's closing in on 30. Anything I could do to help him get 30 to reach that milestone before he retires, I'm going to do it. And, uh, you know, I thought the answer, Matt, just gave us such insight into – Talano Hufanga as, as a person. I mean, the reason that he's climbed up this depth chart so meteorically, even though he's only a fifth-round pick, is because of the teamwork that he exhibits, the instincts that he exhibits. And that was really all on display there when he said, you know what, I'm trying to help a guy that's really helped me in the secondary. Tashawn Gibson has come in and filled in for Jimmy Ward, been a good resource for Hufanga. 
He said, I'm trying to help him get the 30 picks. I don't think you you hear that kind of talk all too often in NFL locker rooms. He must not have any incentives. <laughs> uh, he's on a rookie deal. So. He, he, yeah. he needs Jimmy Garoppolo's agent on this. So. Get, get an incentive-based contract. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, you hear stories about Talano Hufanga. I mean, this was a guy when he was drafted in the fifth round, there was a huge reaction in the 49ers draft room. This was the guy that um, before day three, Adam Peters, the assistant uh, GM, has all the scouts and all the coaches stand up and say, listen, there's one guy you want us to go out and get today, the third day of the draft. Who is it? And uh, Talano Hufanga got the most votes of anybody. And then they go out and got him in the fifth round. And he, he got what they call gold helmet status, Dennis. And that's a very, very rare status that they give their draft picks. And that's when these guys hit so many different uh, criteria uh, with, with, with sort of leadership and how they comport themselves and um, you know, how they are off the field being paramount among them. And Hufanga is just, uh, just a fantastic person. So the fact that he's having some success on the field um, that he's overcome this. The, the, the one thing that kind of kept him from being a, a first or a second day draft pick was he's not very fast. But boy, you, you just you just don't see that on the on the on the fi- film on the field. He seems like a fast guy because he's so instinctive. He's so smart. He's got a uh, a half second break on the ball ahead of everybody else. So he kind of zooms in and he gets his hands on balls and he gets his hands on ankles in the backfield. And uh, he's come away with two really good games to start the season. Yeah, I mean, he, he seems like a good dude. I mean, you know, he, he seems like he's grounded. I mean, he's a USC Trojan. You still can't trust him that no. much. But, I mean, he's a guy that runs around. I mean, I, I, whatever, I mean, I don't know what his 40 time was, but he's got that football speed. I mean, you watch him run around. I mean, he is just around. And I think he's, you know, he's getting better in coverage. He's starting to understand coverages. And, and the defensive scheme. He's just, just not running around, you know, with his hair on fire. I mean, he, he is where he's supposed to be. Uh, and each game he's been in, these first two football games, uh, he's made an impact. And for each game, he has been, you know, my MVP. I mean, my guy who showed up on tape and on the game making big plays. And it's been him. And hopefully he can just keep it going. But, you know, once he gets some incentives in his, in his contract and, it, and it's, you know, DBs, it's all about the picks. I mean, you don't want to help nobody else get a pick. You want to get the pick. So he's young. He's getting. He, he's got a lot to learn about it. But if you got a pick, you got to take that pick. Forget the next guy, and, and you got to work on your own incentives. Well, Charvarius Ward uh, got a pick. Mooney Ward, Charvarius Ward, whatever you, you you want to call him. He he insists on Mooney, but they still have him listed as 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 Charvarius. He's the 49ers' big money cornerback now. I, I don't think any, many people expected his first interception to come from a running back throwing the ball. That was DJ Dallas. Seattle tried to run a trick play. That was the closest they came to scoring. Threw it right into Ward's chest at the goal line. Uh, so the 49ers won the turnover battle 3-0 today. That's something that had really hurt them against Seattle in years prior. Uh, not not in this game. That was big. Two straight possessions of those turnovers. Then obviously the muffed punt by the Seahawks a little bit later. The uh, field goal block, I don't believe, officially counts as a turnover, although it had that effect 
plus some uh, for the 49ers. Uh, that, that was bad. That would have made it 23-0, but instead it was 20-7. But the defensive line for the 49ers, Matt, just uh, totally snuffed out uh, the, uh, the, the Seahawks' comeback attempt, and it wasn't really much of an attempt. And I, I got to read you guys a quote from Charles Amenahu. I talked to him in the locker room. Talk about a killer instinct here. Here's the quote. We just wanted to make sure that this game, we had a foot on their throat, that we kill them. Make sure they had no breathing space. Make it so they don't feel any light at the end of the tunnel. Just shut them out. We came out in the second half and we did that. And that's what we've got to continue doing to be a dominant defense. Woo! That right there, Matt, from Charles Amehu. <laughs> that closed my story. I had to close it, right? No, that's a great way to close it. Uh, snuff it out, in fact. Um, yeah, I mean, he was in there. You know, he's um, like Nick, Nick Bosa. Was, I think you asked the question uh, on Friday to, to Nick Bosa about Amehu and his development. And I think Bosa's answer was that Amehu kind of figured out who he is, and um, who he is, I think, is a lot like Eric Armstead, which is a, a big defensive end who plays on the outside on on running downs and is able to kind of seal off the edge. Although I, I think that's something that Amenahue has to work on. He gets uh, sucked inside too many times, but also somebody who can uh, rush from the inside and sort of use his length to his advantage. He's not a, a twitchy guy. Uh, he's a kind of a, a big, powerful guy. And so um, he's kind of uh, finding his his shoes. And so he had a nice game, I thought. I thought Ebucom had another uh, nice game. I, I think he had uh, three or four tackles, quarterback hit. Um, and then, uh, as Dennis noted, uh, Drake Jackson getting in on the action. Uh, he was initially credited, Dennis, with a half sack on, uh, on that second one. He and Bosa each had a half sack. That was later changed to a full sack for Nick Bosa, who I, I do think got there first and probably was responsible for that sack. So uh, that means that Drake is still looking for his first NFL sack or half sack and that Nick Bosa is uh, out of the gates very fast with three for the season. Drake Jackson was, he, he came in behind. It was a tackle in stunt. And he broke a double team, split a double team, and he was, you know, he slipped a little bit, but his arm, but his legs were, or his his arms were around Geno Smith's legs. I think he should get a, he should get, and then Nick Bosa came up and cleaned it up. But good, good rush. I still think he, he should have got a half. I want my man to get at least a little bit of love in that play because he he made a great play, a great, great up to field stick to get the get the tackle outside to come back underneath. Uh, he's just got to wrap up. He's got to, you know, he's got to get his feet closer together so he doesn't slip there. But he should get a half a sack at least, at least a half a sack on that. But yeah, this, you know, this this D line can be dominating, and they, and this has been the story, you know, since Nick Bosa's come on his football team, and and Nick Bosa another good game, you know, he was getting chipped, he was getting doubled, uh, and he was still getting good pressure on the quarterback, and you know, he was defending the run really well, so. This defense can be good. It can be great. Uh, but they got to do it, you know, for four quarters because you got to understand that offense needs you. And, you know, if Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be the quarterback, he needs that strong defense. You got to keep opposing teams off the scoreboard. So, you know, this defense can, can, can be dominating. And they've been dominating for what now? Four, five, six quarters. Two quarters they weren't dominating against Chicago and they lost a football game. So, you know, it's a good start. I think Nick Bosa, I think he can get three sacks a game. 
Ooh. I mean, easy. At least two and a half sacks. So I think he can break the all-time sack sack um, record for the NFL. That's my prediction. Whoa. Bold prediction. Yeah, you're just like a lot of the other 49ers defensive linemen. Charles Amenu, one of them, who just straight up predicted to me that Bosa is going to have at least 20 sacks this year. Um, I mean, these guys are talking about it. He's got three through two games since they gave him full credit for that one of Drake Jackson. I learned today that the 49ers have a board up in their D-line room, uh, like competitively tracking the sacks. I figured there was something going on like that. But Drake said, no, like we, we take this seriously. So at the time that I talked to Drake in the locker room, he still thought that he got half a sack there. And I, you know, I, then I walked up to Nick and I said, hey, Drake was happy to share that sack with you. And Nick w- didn't seem too happy to be sharing the sack with Drake. <laughs> it was pretty funny. And, and then after, you know, it, the, the official scorekeeper came and changed it and uh, it, it all goes to Nick. So I'm sure Nick will be happy. I'm sure that they'll be arguing about that in, in the room this week. I but. hope Drake gets at least gets at least a half on that because he put in all the work. Yeah, he did put in a ton of work. But Nick Nick was saying, I got there first. That's what he was saying in the locker room. And I think he said it again uh, uh, at his press conference. But, hey, it's, it's good competition. And sometimes it's rough to be a rookie, right? So yeah, um, yeah. that's t- t- tough luck for the rookies. Gotta, uh, I mean, Drake was so happy, though. He's like his dad was in town. Dennis Jackson flew up from L.A. And uh, Drake was like, I'm going to go. We're going to have to go get a meal for, for that half sack. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, now, now they're going to get a meal for Nick Bosa's full sack. Uh, maybe Nick <laughs> should go with them and pay. But um, yeah. anyway, uh, we're, we're at our 45 minutes, guys. I think we've covered pretty much everything. You guys have anything else uh, that, that's pressing on your minds from this game? No, I'm sure we're going to have tons to talk about on Wednesday, though, with, uh, with the aforementioned Russell Wilson uh, coming up uh, in Denver on Sunday. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you, you, you hit the road and you, you go to Denver and it's another important. And then, you know, it's 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 your nightmare. It's Russell Wilson, you know, and, you know, and he didn't look very good today and Denver looked very good. So it's it's a very winnable game and uh, you have an opportunity now, you know, to get get two good wins under your belt. So it's going to be an exciting week. Yeah. Once we, you know, we, you know, we, we, we can talk about Jimmy, talk about Jimmy, but we know Jimmy. We know Jimmy. So it's going to be an exciting week. For sure. 49ers headed to the Mile High City next, but we've got a lot of dissecting to do. So we'll do that this week. Everybody stay tuned for more. Tune into The Athletic as well, because uh, we're going to have a lot of good stuff there. For Matt Barrows and Dennis Brown, this is David Lombardi. We'll talk to you all next time on the Here's the Catch podcast.